Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another episode of A Feast of Films Theater with your hosts, Matthew Alu and Ethan R. Hill. How's that? That was good. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic. So my favorite moment in this movie actually comes courtesy of... Uh, of of Mr. Prosser, Mr. Miss my, my roommate, Mr. Mm. Prosser, because years and years and years and years ago, on May the fourth, we were marathoning the Star Wars franchise. Like yeah, we're watching. I don't remember if we got through all of them or we just did like episodes one through six. We're watching it, and episode five comes on, and we're you know get to the Ha scene, and Han cuts open the Tauntaun, and it's like, and I thought they smelled bad on the, the outside. outside. And Prosser looks at me and he's like, you know what? I think that's my favorite quote for the from the entirety of Star Trek. <laughs> and I posted that to Facebook. And now every May the 4th, I it shows that up. Post yeah. And I share it. And I'm like, hey, look, Prosser, you're embarrassed now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a great way to from fail, Prosser. Way to fail. That's super funny. But honestly, it is one of my favorite lines, like, period. Regardless of that, like, it's still... Even just the delivery, like, you could just tell Han's done. Uh, he didn't even have to do much. He didn't have to do much. He took a lightsaber, sliced it open, and he's like, Oh, you know, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Like, he's just, yeah, tired. I mean, but it works. It's believable, isn't it? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think so. Oh man, even though the how they got the Tauntauns to like the Tauntauns still look great. Like the stop motion stuff, they didn't touch them up with CG or nothing. No, they do. They they look pretty good. Like again, I'm trying to think of any any effects that don't like even in like the very, very beginning, the very beginning when the first thing you see is a Star Destroyer. I just looking at the screen and I turn to the guys I was watching it with and I'm like, the crazy thing with this, there's no CG on that, and it looks like a spaceship it looks like it is physically in space floating yeah. along i've seen countless other sci-fis that have come out around the same time and they feel fake this doesn't feel fake it's bizarre but i love it they got it down they really really did i like the asteroid field that was fun you know, ninety percent of the asteroids are potatoes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, man, we could carve these out meticulously with foam, or go to the grocery store and buy us a bunch <laughs> of potatoes. Potatoes. That would explain why there was a worm in one of them. <laughs> that's it. Makes that's sense. what it was. It they found sense. a worm, and they're like, "We'll write this into the movie." They're like, "This actually, this works. This works, right, guys?" Yeah, dude. The Minox still freaks me out to this day. Like, I have trouble watching the screen. Oh, really? Because of the Minox. When it drops yeah. down? Like, on the... Well, it drops... On, like, the things, cockpit there? Yeah, when, well, when things... Like, because its face sucks the glass, doesn't it? Yeah. I can't... I can't do that. I can't... <laughs> with any... with In real life, too, like, you know, fish will sometimes, like, grab onto the side of a... Yeah aquarium and yeah I, like i can't if they're there i'm not i can't look and the, <laughs> like it, it makes me uncomfortable and squeamish like i'm it's so funny i didn't know that like it's different but the same thing same kind of thing to me recently my day was ruined because i 
woke up, went on Reddit, and there was a picture of a tapeworm's face on Reddit, and I was just like, I'm not okay with any of this. <laughs> You're like, thanks a lot, Reddit. Why is there a like, tapeworm on here? Why? And anim- like animal faces that don't look right just freak me out, mm-hmm. man. So when they're doing things that are weird, like sucking on the side of aquariums or a minox sticking to the cockpit that yeah. just makes me squeamish and it just like it's like because i i can i see it and i imagine them latching on to me oh and I'm okay. like oh no like uh yeah that would be terrible well it's like earthworms like you can't see an earthworm's face but i can't stand earthworms because i'm like uh <laughs> i stepped on them and they were like screaming and uh it's weird I don't like if I walk if I'm walking even with shoes on I'm walking in the rain and there's like a bunch of earthworms up there I start feeling quote unquote the earthworms in my shoes when I'm walking and it is the gross like I don't know what it is with my brain that does this <laughs> bro man I think you have some sort of a phobia homie probably <laughs> I don't know which one I... it is weird worm it's mouth phobia slimy slimy things man slimy things freak me out you're just like no thank you i'm That's good I, i'm good with reptiles reptiles are fine because they're so, not slimy so what about the worm in that the minox are in you cool with no that because it looks it looks dry and it has teeth it has a mouth fair enough like oh yeah 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 teeth. it's like a it's a it's like a horizontal mouth not like a, just an opening mouth yeah yeah like oh no that might actually be it dude you might have just it's a, if the mouth's a circle, I'm out. I'm <laughs> You're freaking just out. Like I don't like circle mouths. But if it's if it's a horizontal mouth, if it looks like it just opens and shuts, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because <sighs> even leeches freak me out, man. Leeches, I mean, leeches, okay, leeches are gross though. Leeches, leeches are nasty. Get out of here with your blood sucking bull crap. And you can't like, get them off. Get out of here. Snails, snails and slugs, I can't do either. Oh, okay, like. Yeah. I've seen them I've seen them eating I'm just thinking about it now and holy crap my body's just full of goosebumps and my skin's crawling <laughs> just seen, losing it I've seen snails and slugs eat and it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen like it's just so bizarre but then animated ones I'm fine with like Gary the snail from uh, Spongebob. Spongebob I'm cool with yeah like the flushed away snails they're adorable yeah. But then there's real ones, and I'm like, uh, no, I can't do it. Not today. Not today. Not today. And like, and that's the thing. When the Minox are flying by them, I'm fine. It's just well, the one on the window. It's as soon as there's wings, I'm like, this makes sense to me. They're they're fine. Yeah. But no, man, it's like, well, even like the spiders in the Mandalorian kind of like gave me the skin crawls a bit, and I'm fine with bugs. Yeah. Bugs, I'm fine with. I can I can handle bugs. It's but the round mouth thing, man. It's the round mouth. It's a lot of fish. But I like fish. It's actually on a complete sign tangent that is not related to Star Wars in the slightest. Um, I've literally just been spending a lot of time researching jellyfish in Man of Wars for no reason. Yeah. And like, why aren't those more of like inspiration for horror movie creatures? Because those are terrifying and so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why is that not a thing that's used more? Like, there, I, I've realized I love marine life. I love studying marine life, but it creeps me out. 
they are terrifying. Especially and like, once just, you get to like the deep sea ones, right? You're just like, what in the Sam hell is going on here? <laughs> like to a point, because like, because me and Prosper were talking about, he's like, what about the angler fish? And I'm like, no, those make sense. Like the angler fish makes sense to me because it's like, it can't see that well. So it has big eyes and it needs to hunt with the dangly thing. Yeah. Like that makes Using sense. Using light to, to attract in the dark. Exactly. But then, it's like, a trap. The with, I think the ones without faces, like that's why like the jellyfish freak me out because it's like where 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 are their eyes? Where is how anything? How, 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 how are you doing? existing right now? Well, I know where their mouth is, and actually, um, I think it's both the jellyfish, but it might be the jellyfish. Yeah, it's the jellyfish. The mouth or double says their butt. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you're right on that. I think I saw that Nano on Wars. our planet documentary. Probably with David Attenborough. Um, yeah. Man of Wars are a colony of different cellular creatures that come together and make one creature. Ooh, but there are a bunch of things called zooids, and like there's different like, ones uh, that like like uh, uh, um, it's a community base. It's a city. It's it's there are certain the transformers that transform into you know create a bigger transformer. What the hell are they yeah, called? Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, well, there's Voltron and there's the Power Rangers. The no, I mean like swords. the literal transformers. Like they are transformers, but then oh, they... the Destructicons. No, is it Destructicons? No, I think so. Or Constructicons. Combinacons. I, I don't. I can't remember now. Damn. Either way, I had a point. Um, I ruined it. So there's like. There are Let us know down in the comments. <laughs> what are these transformers? Tell us, please. I can't hey, remember. I'm googling it. You keep talking. But so, like, there are specifically uh, reproduction zooids. They're specifically feeding zooids. They're specifically ones that only grow tentacles, and they all feed off each other and float around, attached to this gigantic bladder. But they all they all contribute. And they're all separate organisms that contribute into this one. It's so like weird. a community. Yeah, it's like it's a communal creature. And it is hmm. bizarre, but it's kind of cool. Hmm. Of course, you didn't sleep well for a while after reading all that stuff. But like, <laughs> You're just well, like, like, this is cool, but also the weirdest thing. Nature is so weird. Oh, imagine if they were big enough to eat people. If people were like on their prey list, combiner force. Terrifying. I don't know what the hell these things are called. Just combiners, maybe. I don't know. Combinacons. I don't know. <laughs> Sound like a bunch of farmers. Combinacons. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called now. Mergimus primes. I don't know. I don't know. I was never really super into Transformers, but uh, yeah, the Destructicon, the Destructicons were the are those the ones the group that of them combined together. Yeah, but they are combiners, is what they're called. The uh, oh, and then there's the Constructicons, and they form Devastator. Oh, okay. Well, you found that a lot easier than I did. I must not put in the right words into the googly Google. machine. Combining Transformers. The Devastator is the name of several fictional characters in Transformers. Sounds about um, right. Man, I wish Transformers were like how they were back in the day, because, you know, nostalgia. <laughs> no, I, I, 
it's something that's always bugged me with the new Transformers movies is how mechanical they are. Like, they're too mechanical. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole side thing. That's a whole different episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, back to, probably. Back to back episode to Star five. Wars. Back to Star Wars. Lando Calrissian is pretty dope. Like, yeah. Like, like I mean, and Billy D. Williams, you can't get better than that, really. Come on, man. He, he just... Uh, he played that up so well. Billy D. <laughs> Did you hear about the conversation between him and Donald Glover when he was trying to ask him for, like, advice on playing? I did read it. I don't remember what it said, though. He's basically, like, like Donald Glover was going in pretending to be, like, or not pretending to be, like, prepped to be, like, okay, so, like, what did you do? Like, kind of, like, study this character. Like, yeah. how did you approach him? Like, did you think about these things and all that stuff? And Billy D. Williams was just like, I don't know, just be charming. Like, yeah. That's all you gotta be. Like, don't worry about anything else. Just be charming. Who cares about the rest? <laughs> you, you'll figure out the rest. That's like the most Lando thing. The most Lando answer that you could have. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Just, just, just do it. <laughs> but such a, such a great character, right? And like, even his conflict, even though his like part in the story isn't overly long, uh, in comparison to like the whole film itself. Cause what, what would you say he comes in at? It's definitely past the halfway point. I feel like 45 minutes to the end, I mean. Yeah. Like, it's definitely past the halfway point. Um, probably in, like, the second half of the second act, right? Like, it's definitely mm-hmm. not closer than that. It's, But uh, that development, like, that conflict between, like, what's pers- like what's right, um, you know, what his conscience versus, like, his responsibility to his people, right? Well, and he's it's always, very he good always just trying to do... He's trying to do what's right. Yeah, he is. Because he's trying to save the people of of Bespin. He's trying to make sure that they don't fall under Imperial rule. But at the cost of his friend. Exactly. Like that's such that's such a tough decision and tough position to be in and still to remain so charming. I like Lando. And then he's like, F these guys, man. F these guys. See y'all later. I'm going to join the rebellion too. Yeah. Once he's like, oh yeah, no, Vader's the worst. <laughs> Bespin, we're done. We got to get out of here. Cause he realized at that point, like it doesn't matter what I do. The empire isn't going anywhere at this point. Well, right. He's altering the deal. Don't pray. He doesn't alter it any further. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like at that point, he's like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what I do. Well, it's like, my people um, are screwed. In Bespin, one of the most messed up scenes happens, and that's when they torture Han Solo. Mm. For no reason. Well, he was trying to get the location of Skywalker, right? No. They didn't ask him any questions. Not in the scene, but Lando had referred to Vader was asking about Skywalker. No, they're after. They weren't asking about Skywalker. They were after someone named Skywalker. They were using Han, and like Vader knew to just have, like, Vader kind of knew again. It's force stuff. He's oh, like, oh right, 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 right. Like they to lure him Han. in to lure him in. Oh, so that is why because he tortured Han to cause Han distress in order to have Luke sense his distress from across the galaxy. Probably that's maybe. probably it. I mean, I, I feel like yeah, that that seems. I think maybe he was. See, yeah, see, this is the problem with not watching it super recently. Like, I have seen it so many times, but to watch it super recently would make this super clear. And I did the not line, do that. I ran out of time before this episode. But 
um, the line from Han directly. They're asking comes about in. someone named Sonny. Yeah. No. Like, like they're... Um, so so what it is exactly? Someone who did just watch this. Um, what you watched this part? Yes. Okay. Um, what it is is they are torturing Han. There's that scene where he's getting lowered down and just like, there's no questions being asked, but they're lowering him down. And he's like screaming and all that kind of stuff. And they cut away and then... Luke or Lando and uh, Vader exchange some lines. Same thing with Boba and uh, oh, yeah, Vader. Boba. They exchange some lines, yeah. and then you cut to the prison where they're like keeping Leia and Chewie and uh, I think three PO is back at that point. And I think Chewie's throw... rebuilding him, right? Yes, which is also just one of the funniest moments. But like they throw. They throw Han Poor in, 3PO. and then Han says to Leia and Chewie that they didn't ask him any questions. I don't even remember that line. Yeah, they do. They didn't ask him any. They didn't even ask him any questions. And then Lando comes in. Lando gets punched by Han, and then he's like, "He's not even after you guys. He's after someone by the name of Skywalker." Yeah. And I using the debate. Yeah. Just thinking it right now. He didn't ask Han any questions, but he caused him a lot of physical pain. That sounds like a force manipulation tactic, specifically to cause someone close to Luke to be in pain. Luke would pick up on it and then follow that to find Han. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That clicks in my brain. But, like, that's messed up, though. That's so messed up that they just, especially with no, for Han, that's no context. He doesn't know that. He has no oh, idea. Oh, no. They're just like, oh, yeah. They're just torturing him. They're causing him extreme pain. <sighs> Growing up, I always thought he they were just He did like, help Luke blow up the Death Star. Like, it's true, but. Maybe like, Vader's getting some payback there, too. Growing up, I always thought they were, like, testing to see how strong he was, if that that was going to be the test to see if he could withstand the carbonite <laughs> freezing. <laughs> like, let's weaken him to see if he can yeah. be strong enough. Or, it was like, or if it was, like, prepping him, like, it's injecting him with a bunch of stuff to, mm-hmm. like, you know, get him ready for that. But, like, no, I think it straight up was just to bring Luke to Bespin. Yeah. Because how else would Luke know? Like, how did Luke know where they were? Mm-hmm. He sensed them on a city of clouds. I wonder Which how was one I... of the things. That was one of the things that uh, uh, Lucas touched up was Cloud City. He added like he made. Them, oh yeah, the little flying cars and yeah, yeah, yeah. More and he made stuff. the outside look a lot better and like added the windows and stuff. And I think that was, I liked that. I that just enhanced it. For Again, me, yeah, right? it didn't hurt anything. It didn't hurt anything. But like, oh man, this this movie's just the more I think about it, this movie's just really tight. Like all the way through, like it just everything. The more I think about it, the more it's like, this isn't a plot hole. This actually just makes sense. Okay, yeah, no, it, it is no a really reason. tight film. Like I said earlier in the episode, um, everything happens for a reason. Like, there is just a reason for every single moment in this film, whether it's character, whether it's plot. Like, no time is waste. And that's how you can really tell a tight movie. Because sometimes, even though everything's supposed to have a purpose, there's a lot of movies that just meander around and do nothing for a little while here and there this film is just tight like everything has a purpose it's trying to always communicate something to us at one point or another and again like we're talking about it uh you know there's even patterns in there that maybe we're not even always picking up on 
Like you, you get to, you experience the effect of those patterns psychologically, but you don't always pick up on them. You know, it's just, yeah, like it was just a well-made movie. One of the weird, like, let's talk about for a second though. Like as great as Lando is, isn't it kind of weird that he's wearing Han Solo's clothes at the end of the the very, very end? (laughs) Like, that's kind of weird. He's just like, I'm the new Han, but I'm black. Like you got a spare pair of clothes. Cool. In the universe of Star Wars, it is weird. Um, and I think Robot Chicken even did a sketch of it too, where he's like Chewie's freaking out and like everyone's saying bye to Chewie and he's freaking out and no one understands him except for Han. Yeah. And Han's not there. So he's like, guys, this is really weird. Why are you wearing Han's clothes? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And like, but in the context of what happened with Lando, he doesn't have any clothes. He has what he was wearing. He just left. Yeah. He just left. He doesn't have anything else to wear. And him like, and Connor are pretty much the same size. They're similar size. He's like, so yeah, like, just grab some of these spare clothes. No problem. Because we all just have sets of the same clothes. Yeah. Every single day. It's, it's a sitcom thing, right? Like every. It's not even a sitcom thing. It's just animated. Sh- I love that about animated shows where the, every character wears the exact same outfit. All every the time. Day. Yeah. Well, like, it was revolutionary with, like, The weekend. Like, this is totally off, like, off, again, off topic. But, like, The Weekenders was one of the first cartoons I ever saw where, like, they had the same outfits, but they'd cycle through different outfits. And it was weird. It was so cool, though, because I'm like, oh, hey, they're wearing different clothes. It's not just the same thing every yeah. single episode. <laughs> and, like, Han doesn't wear the same. No, because his look changes by the time he gets to episode six. Yeah, and there's obviously very subtle differences. You know what I mean? Like they have, they do all the characters have kind of an overall look. Leia's changes all the time, though. That's the only character that significantly oh, no, he totally, changes. He ditches the vest in Episode Five too. Um, yeah, because he's got the jacket, but it's still like a blue jacket. You know what I mean? Like it's very, yeah. he has very similar looks, um, but slight adjustments. Leia's is the one that changes most drastically throughout the three films. And then Luke and just then goes from jump Luke suit to goes jump from suit. just like yeah, he he's like, okay, man, I'm rolling. In this little Tatooine desert scrub rat outfit, and then he's like, "Okay, now I got my orange jumpsuit, my, okay, my orange good. jumpsuit slash Dagobah flight suit training outfit," and then he's like, "And now I'm a Jedi, so I'm going goes, all black, baby." All, actually, his outfits kind of get darker as he goes along. Interesting. He goes, he goes Tatooine costume. Then he's orange jumpsuit, brown jumpsuit, black jumpsuit. <laughs> well, the black one isn't a jumpsuit. I mean, neither technically is the... Uh, no, I think the the brown one, I think, is. The brown one is closer piece. to, like... It's not, like, that big orange flight suit, but it's definitely very similar. Like, it's it's not, like, a Jedi outfit by any means. And then the, then, and then the Jedi one is just sleek. Yeah, it looks really... It's tight. <laughs> Although the, the hood's kind of ridiculous. The hood's kind of massive and... I like the big hoods, man. But... Bring on the big hoods. Bring on... Not practical, but pretty cool. Also, but the like, green and the black. Beautiful. Beautiful. True. But the blue and the brown. It worked. Yeah, blue and brown works. But that's like everything. The green and the black still, is unique. I'm still waiting for that story for another time about uh, how Luke got that light, or how Maz got that lightsaber at the end of the story. Oh, yeah. Dude, I have so many different ideas so on how that sequel trilogy kiss could have been so much better especially episode nine 
I think there's actually, there's some great storytelling potential there. Um, great storytelling potential. With like, if Luke, if Luke Skywalker's lightsaber still like survived Bespin, you would assume his hand also did as well. Like I was going, going into episode nine, not going into, but like once we were kind of getting closer to that, I was thinking like, and especially after we saw that trailer where there was like the second dark side ray where you didn't know, is yep. this a vision? Is this a clone? And I would have said that would have made so much sense if she was a clone. Like if Palpatine's coming back and just had cloned her, but like she was a clone, not, uh, but she was like an adjustment of like Luke's DNA, right? Like that Palpatine somehow got his hands and that would make sense why that lightsaber called to her. It makes literally no sense why the lightsaber went from his father to Luke and then called to her. Like, I'm just going to call some random ass chick. Oh, you have the force? Get over here. Get me out of this box. Get me out of this box. But if she would have been like genetically a clone of Luke and a Skywalker, technically by blood, yep. it would make sense why the lightsaber called to her. It would make sense why she was so powerful. It would make sense why her parents were literally nobody. Born nobody. Again. And you could have had a dark side ray, which would have been really fun. I think again, that would man, have been like a that, fun thing. To me, that trilogy was just after the first movie, it was just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. That's why, like, I love Force Awakens, but I get so sad when I finish it because it's like, oh, it just goes downhill from See, here. See, uh, honestly, I didn't even mind Last Jedi. Last Jedi, I didn't mind. And I think it was, I think it was a definitely different turn. Do you think it's still a step down from Force Awakens? Like, um, it's not... Enjoyment level, probably. Um, and that's kind of where it and is it gets for me, like, is like, it gets, it definitely gets more darker. It gets more serious. Um, it gets more like Oddly character preachy. humanity. Like there's more like this we is probably what happened these random to random animals. Okay, the yeah. Cantle bite scene was garbage. That <laughs> whole awful. that whole section was garbage because all they had to do is add phasma chasing them, and it would have made again you could have dealt with Cantle bite, but it made like it was so stupid to have the security guard there. <laughs> Give phasma something to do if phasma would have been Except pursuing them the whole time it would have been way more interesting and she would have something to do but they're like no nah, no nah. we're gonna use casino security man because there's no bigger threat than casino like get some horses okay, up in here okay. and some casino there security security right. who and, and we're good to who go. at the, who at the like, head of disney who has gambling problems honest, and is <laughs> honestly though like last jedi for me is still like okay like it's it's down from Force Awakens, Force like Awakens. I and thoroughly enjoyed Force Awakens. And that's it was a great kind of starting where, point. That's what I mean. That's where I get sad because it's like no matter like how much I try, both Last Jedi and Rise are just going to be step, steps but, down. But like here's the thing: Last Jedi still continued on what Force Awakens did. It just went in a different direction than everyone was somewhat expecting mm -hmm. it to. But arguably, it still carried on those characters' journeys, their themes, their stories just fine. Not the way I wanted it. Exactly, right? Like, that's the big thing. A lot of ways, a lot of people didn't want it. But when you get to Rise, he's just like, you know what? Scrap all that shit. Let's just reverse a whole bunch and undo a whole bunch of things. And then we'll kind of keep moving forward. So it was like, like if you would have continued forward, on back. the character's journeys, it could have worked. But like, nah. They're like, a lot of could have worked, man. They're like, but... why, like, why spend so much time saying Ray is a nobody? And then the next movie be like, but no, your parents were actually... Your parent was actually a clone of Palpatine. Like, what? Freaking makes sense, man. You were the but granddaughter again, was... of Palpatine. And I was like, when did anybody bone this guy? <laughs> like, 
I was like in the theater and I was like, usually, you know what? You can tell like sometimes there's plot holes in films, but they hide it really well till it doesn't show up till like after the film and you think about it. I was in the film being like, this makes no sense. Anyway, I love how it's like episode five and we're just like, let's start trashing on the sequel trilogy. We gotta get a head start, man, because there's so many things to talk about. But literally, if Ray would have been if Ray would have been a clone that was from the hand that Luke got cut off, it would make sense like that the lightsaber was found. Okay, well then the hand probably came with it and you know went somewhere else instead of Maz's castle. And it would make sense where the lightsaber called to her. It would make sense that she would be a Skywalker and that would complete your Skywalker trilogy. Like, it would just make sense. But, alas, she's the granddaughter of Palpatine for no apparent reason, so. Because studio mandate, I think. I want to say that's what it was. And just, like, like, you know, just... related. I don't know. Just poor writing and people... I don't know. What? There was poor writing in this? What? Poor writing. Poor planning. No. But speaking of good no, writing. No vision of the bigger future. Future. Speaking of good writing, more episode five. Yeah, back Let's to episode five. Let's go back to episode five. I don't know. This feels weird because it feels like it's a shorter episode because like, I don't know how, what else I have to say on episode five. Like It's just so Well, like there's nothing good. There's not. Yeah, there's not a lot to criticize. You know what I mean? Like, all the character work was done really well. Like, I didn't feel like there was any shots that are like, oh, that shot could have been done better. Um, I don't think there were any character arcs that could have been done better or any performances that could have been done. Like, there's nothing that stands out to me that is really a big weakness when it comes to episode five. Well, like, the, the like honestly, one of their strengths, one of the things I love the most is just that opening Battle of Hoth. I think yeah, it's like, one of the... Start with a bang start off with a bang and that event sets everything else into motion right you know there's that deleted scene where like apparently like there was a bunch of scenes that they filmed about them capturing wampas oh really like there was there was a wampa problem and they captured a few of them and locked them in a room and there's actually a scene that they shot and you can see some video from it where like c3po runs past the door that has like a don't open sign because there's wampas in there oh yeah rips off the paper and then a couple stormtroopers come by and open the door, and one just gets pulled in, and the door closes. Just gets <laughs> wrecked. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. Why can't he include that stuff? That would be fun. That would have been awesome. I think the, the, I think the footage was all messed up, but it's one of like my favorite. Like This scene was totally a thing in Episode 5, and they just removed it for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah, I have... Like we've touched, we've touched on everything from beginning to end. I don't think there's a scene that we haven't talked about or a moment. I mean, and again, like it's a tight film, right? Like you just follow uh, your main cast of characters. Like it's not, again, it's not a huge expansive cast list. Like there's other characters around, but there's no like main characters, right? Like you got your Leia, you got your Han, you got your Chewie, you got your droids, your Luke, your Yoda, Lando, Vader. You know what I mean? Like, you're not following any... You're not following, like, a significant group. Like, they're just all in their own places, and the story where they're going is tight. Like, even Vader's story isn't, like, off on his own. Like, he's in pursuit of Han and Leia and the Falcon, you know? And then everything comes together at the end. It's so... It's just... (sighs) 
It's beautiful. And the lightsaber fight was really good. Like, obviously, a huge step up from episode four. Oh, 100%. And still had the... And that's that's what I really like about the episode lightsaber fights in four, five, and six, is while they may not be, like, overly visually impressive, and I will say episode six is, like, again, another step up as terms as, like, combat and stuff goes, and, like, visually uh, having that fight go down. Um, like, they're just so full of emotion. And that's where the money's at when it comes to the lightsaber fights. Like, without emotion, like, you can have people swinging lightsabers and it'll look cool. But what really sells it is the characters behind the conflict. When the conflict is an extension of the story and the struggle of the characters. Like, that's when that really, really works. And the original trilogy does that every single time. Every single time. And again, like you said... I'm pretty sure Vader was just holding back um, until obviously he gets pissed and is like, I'm going to whip this kid's ass. <laughs> this kid needs a whooping. Say goodbye Come to, to daddy. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and the blue and the red is pretty slick. Like it, right. it, it's pretty cool in the dark. And then you got like the steam coming up from the, um, the orange lights from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the carbonite bay. Again, visually, it's just really well executed. Like it's every everything about that film is just really well done. All right, now it's time for the question of the day. It is my turn, I guess. And, yep, it uh, is. I don't think we've asked this before. If we have, I apologize because I don't remember the answer. But uh, Matt, what's your favorite starship design in Star Wars? Like, what's your favorite? Like over the whole thing. Over the whole thing. Do you have a favorite, and what would it be? I think it's the X-Wing. Are we talking about fighter or are we talking about like big ships? Anything. any Anything that flies in space oh, in Star Wars. man. Okay, well, you kind of got to go with the Star Destroyer, right? Like the OGs. There's something classic about that design. And it's really like your first, like, I guess technically the Yavin, the, 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 yeah, the blockade runner is technically your first. But like, you know, it's the second. It's, it's the one that makes the biggest impression. Let's just say it that way. I really enjoy, like, the OG Star... Actually, you know what? In saying that, I like all the three Star Destroyer designs. Like, I like the Venator in the Clone Wars with the red stripe down the middle. That one's pretty tight. Um, obviously, the OG one, like I said. And, uh, yeah, I guess, like, the, See, the First Super Order Star one Destroyer, isn't too bad. The Super Star Destroyer always seems silly to me because it's, like... It's the same. It's it's just a gigantic pizza with like the tiny little like you can't even see it from how far it is, but they still have the exact same tower from the start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, but it's so big, right? It makes a difference. Um, but I would say like you know I I'm really a big fan of the Star Destroyer design, the triangle ships, um, and there's various designs like that all over Star Wars, right? Um, especially when you're talking about the villains. Now, um, I would just say though, but my overall one, I would say is the X wings, man. I love the X-Wings. Like, just the look of them is so freaking dope. And I would actually say, I think the sequel trilogy X-Wings are my favorite design. Like, I like the original trilogy, but the sequel trilogy, they took the X-Wing design and kind of slimmed it up. Like, it's less bulky. And... Yeah. Um, and slightly like the different, the engines are a little bit different. Like it, it is a slightly different design, a little bit more streamlined. 
Um, See, I like the circle engines over the half engines. No, I think I like I like the half engines, and like just the overall body of it too is considerably slimmer. Um, you can really get a good look if you play Battlefront Two and you look at the two. You can because you can like really compare the two designs. And I would go with the sequel trilogy X-Wing. In fact, the thing also, the thing that really like makes me sad about the sequel trilogy is I really like the aesthetics of everything. I like the designs of so many things in that trilogy. Um, while it is pretty much like usually a remix of all the original trilogy stuff, I think so much of it works. Like, and it looks so good. But again, garbage. But no, I would have to go with sequel trilogy X-Wing. I really like that ship. I really, See, really I, like I prefer, it. I definitely prefer OG trilogy X Wings. I don't know. I like the used future kind of look. Like it just it doesn't seem as sleek, and I like that. Well, those but, ones still have the used look, but like their bodies are tighter. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's less bulky. It's like a slim. It's like I, the X Wing light. <laughs> that's fair. If I had to pick a favorite one though, like an absolute favorite design. And I don't know why. I have no idea why. This makes zero sense, and we never see it again. Like, we see it briefly in a couple episodes. Yeah. But, like, Naboo Starfighter from episode one. I, the yellow and the silver is just phenomenal. The sleek design, the streamline of it. Yeah. Like, there's something about it that is just, like, so satisfying to look at. Like, I just absolutely adore it. Like, it's just, it's so fun. And I wish it was in more games. Like, I don't know why it's not in more games. It should be. Yeah. It's one of the strongest designs. Like, I think it's just, it, it's a strong design because it's like, it's Naboo at the height of its power. Right? No, I agree. I like that design too. It's a fun, it's Most unique, right? Like, that's color. the thing that is kind of fun about Naboo. It has a very unique style yeah, to can... it. You can tell that they were designed not for actually fighting in a war. Yeah. Because why would you make your spaceship yellow that's going to stick out stick like a sore, like a sore thumb, thumb especially in space, yeah. Because it wasn't it was yeah, they were meant to be battleships but they weren't meant for a war, like all out war. Yeah. Um if I had to give like a couple honorable mentions though, it would definitely be I love the Y-wing. I've always enjoyed that design. I know it's clunky, but it's just like it's simplistic mm -hmm. and it makes sense as a ship. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, the one that doesn't make any sense at all is the B wing. Yeah, that's like yeah. But I but I love the B wing because it just it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Like like why do you need to design a ship that has a rotating cockpit that stays upright? You're in space. There is no up. <laughs> Every other one flips upside down with the B wing, literally cockpit and everything else moves around, around it you stay like in like place why why yeah what's the purpose of that but it's just such a ridiculous concept and also why is that the b-wing when it looks like a t at the very least right i mean i guess you could technically make a b if you drew a line from like the cockpit and then circle to the one wing circle down but then you have a like back end maybe. part coming out. Like, yeah. uh, it's a fancy at, B, I guess. I don't know. If you look at the X wing, the Y wing, and the A wing, Everything all of is, those, yeah, look like the letter. Yeah, B is questionable but, at best. But they're just—it's—they're so ridiculous that they're fun. And like, honestly, like a lot of the ship designs are so unique. Like the Slave One, the Millennium Falcon, obviously is iconic. Like, there's so many good, cool designs. Yeah, that is a hard one to pick from from but like 
I don't know, man. Nabu Starfighters are just so... They're so weird. But I love them to death. And they shoot green laser. That's cool. Pew, pew, pew. Jedi Starfighter, Jedi Starfighter Phase 2, though. Like, I don't mind the triangle one in Episode 2, but the Phase 2 ones that they use in Episode 3, I really, really like those Starfighters. See, and I prefer the one in Episode 2. I like the triangle ones. Nah, I, I like I like the other ones. I like with the little... Episode 3, episode three reminded me too much of a... It reminded me too much of a TIE Fighter. Yeah, it was pretty close to that. I'm not... Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong, but... I still really liked it. Really worked for me. Like if I got to choose to fly one, I would definitely choose to fly like the second. What version. about the uh, what about the episode three? Not totally not an X wing. Um. Yeah, I don't mind that one either. It's okay. Those ones are weird. Those ones are weird to me because the S foils seem to like serve no purpose. They literally they're don't. Just like, all the, they're just like the slight little slight X things from the side. Just to, and then, just to let the audience but then know. it's also like a Y wing because you got the back gunner. So, oh, it's crap, a weird hop pod of uh, the Arc One Seventy. I think that one's called the Snow Speeders. No, the the Clone Wars X wing. Oh yeah, the Snow Speeders are another one that I absolutely adore. Like, dude, again, like I don't know why I asked this question because like there's no real one answer. They're hard, man. They're the ship designs cool. are great in Star and, like, Wars. And like, man, like the, the except like the, the rebel capital speeder. ships. I'm like, those are always kind of ugly and bulky. They but... just look, yeah, bubbly. Yeah, it's, it's it, weird. You, wow, they're mainly That's... provided by the fish people, so I guess that makes the sense. Mon yeah, we're just we're just mean to the fish people. We're just like, yeah, it looks bubbly. <laughs> but like, um, the snow speeders are dope. I love them. Yeah, I love the concept of, of like the two people. It's <laughs> we're not gonna start talking about. Uh, ATATs and ATSTs either. And uh, no, no. Actually, that's the question that's been the debate that's been on the internet. Is it ATAT or ATAT? Oh yeah. What do you think, Matt? What's yours? I call it ATAT. Well, yeah, again, that makes. No I don't sense call it an ATAT. That just honestly, the name just bugs me. When people are like ATAT, I'm like mm, ATAT. You're saying because you're we say ATAT. everything. Anytime you're using like a name for a vehicle or a weapon or whatever, you just it, like its call sign is just its letters, not like you don't go like M You know what I mean? Like MB seven three forty or something. You know what I mean? You're not like Mobus one seventy. That's a terrible exactly or HK forty seven. You're not like. Haku forty seven. This is a droid. The, the the best uh the best ex- explanation I heard someone say is like it's it's not it's not an ad at because what do you call an ATST then an atst? Yeah, an atst. <laughs> atst. Yeah. Like man, like it's again they got the designs down pat in all of Star Wars. They always had really good good designers. I agree. But yeah. Where can the good people find you, Matt? You can find me over at my YouTube channel, Storytellers for Life. There, it's all about helping you reignite your dreams, live your purpose, and tell your stories. If you're a storyteller of any kind, whether you want to write novels, screenplays, uh, make films, if you want to just know more about storytelling, and maybe you just starting out, come on over, hang out for a bit, because we're going through storytelling stool... Stools? <laughs> 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 the poops of storytelling. 
<laughs> story storytelling tools uh storytelling tools uh very you know some inspirational content looking at other great storytellers from the past getting information learning from them and yeah just you know hopefully uh helping provide the tools to have your own stories and i got some new content that's coming up pretty soon that i'm really excited about that again i'll talk about in a couple weeks but uh yeah it's coming up you can find down the link below uh that's the main one i'm also on twitter facebook uh twitch those links are all down below as well so if you just like hanging out with me um come on by if you don't like hanging out with me that's rude don't come by or come by it's up to you Maybe you'll change. I'm gonna hate watch you, man. Oh, I just saw him. <laughs> Ethan's like, I'm not going. Nah, Ethan never comes. I see. I see Matt. He's, I see Matt enough. He sees me enough. He's like, do I need to really watch a video that Matt's in? Probably not. Probably not. No, it's any any time that you're live streaming, I'm working. That's literally. Oh, really? What it's been. Is it like? Yeah. Because well, yeah, because I stream and I stream and like put up my videos every Thursday at 7 p.m. So one week I'll do a video, one week I'll do a live stream, but it's always at yeah, the exact and, same time. And at 7 p.m. I'm still at work, like I'm just finishing up the work day and yeah. heading out. Yeah. Actually, no, because it's 6 o'clock. It's 6 o'clock where it? you are until your time changes. So no, I'm still in the middle of my work day. Yeah, like you're just <laughs> it's starting. Still like, it's still, no, I'm not, I'm like at the tail end of it, but like it's still like. I, That's a considerable amount to go. Um, And like I'm working on some like bigger content right now too. Uh, a couple like story breakdowns and stuff and like i said some new con like gonna have like a couple interviews coming up here about it hyped about but i'm gonna i want to put out some like different content on like tuesdays too it won't be every tuesday but anytime i got something a little different from the normal stuff maybe put it on tuesdays i don't know but yeah buddy anyway come check it out it'll be fun yeah it'll be fun awesome where can the good people find you ethan they can find me at instagram at ethan r hill um, you can also find me on YouTube at Ethan R. Hill, and you can also find me, oh, you can find the movie that I made, Damn Rights, oh, uh, for rental or for, uh, for rental or purchase on realhouse.org. Sweet, Go there, sweet. search up Damn Rights, you will find the movie. Uh, yeah, give me uh, some support, rights. pay my bills, and watch a movie that you may or may not enjoy. You may or may not enjoy. Great pitch. It's a good I pitch. I mean, hey, that's, that's any movie, isn't it? Yep. Tune in and watch something that you may or may not like. You'll find out after you watch it. <laughs> or halfway through. That too. Either way, you're going to find out. Exactly. Yes. Well, I guess that wraps up another episode of A Feast of Films. This is our episode 5 Star Wars special. Technically episode 25. That was a weird way to say it, but we'll go with it. A little bit odd. It's a good way to end. A hundred percent. And with that said, we will see you all next week. Have a good week, everybody. I gotta go check on my chickens. We'll see you guys later. Matt's still a white man. Ah, Middle-aged still a white, white man. man. No, no, no. You do this to yourself, man. That's impossible. <laughs> it's the exact same joke. It's the exact same joke. <laughs> That's what I was going for. I'm really hitting that middle-aged white man thing hard. Quick, we need to we need to leave. We need to leave and end this episode before Matt gets any more white. <sighs> it's too late. It's too late for me. No. Backyard chickens. Ah. Okay, it's too late. We'll see you guys later. All right, have a good week, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. So long. A toodaloo. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
And cut. <laughs> there we go.